Welcome to Redemption Unscripted. On this podcast, you will hear unscripted conversation to help you know Jesus, grow in your relationship with Him, and go advance His kingdom. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to another episode of Redemption Unscripted. I am your host, Austin, one of the pastors here at Redemption Chapel. And on the mic with me today is our lead pastor, Rick, and also our other associate pastor, Jared, is joining us. And we're going to dive into uh, a good topic, I believe, a topic a lot of us have questions about. But before we dive into it, how are you guys feeling about the podcast so far? I feel like we haven't screwed it up yet. <laughs> Jared, <laughs> I'm good. I'm holding my breath, hold my breath but uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, yeah. So this is episode three. So uh, excited to dive into that. So the topic that we're going to address on the podcast today is a question, and the question is this: If God knows everything, why do we pray? All right. So that is a question many people might be asking. Maybe if they've ever asked it, they're wondering about it. So guys. Where do you guys want to start? I mean, dig in with that question. What are some of the things our listeners need to know? So one of the things that came to mind for me as far as just simply answering the question, whenever we ask the question, why do we do something that God has told us to do in his word? Well, so in part, the first answer is because we're commanded to. That's simple obedience. Right? So, so there's a good reason to do anything. Another uh, easy answer for me, why do we pray, would be that, uh, that Jesus did. So I want to be more like Jesus. I want to follow his example, so Jesus did. Uh, but then a, a third, and probably getting more towards your question, Austin, is the issue of our need. This gets more into understanding prayer and our need for prayer, that, that it builds relationship with God. There's communication going on. There's connection and communion with God. So just to be in the place of prayer to commune and grow in relationship. And then, of course, there's growth. And so I think prayer, along with the word, this two-way communication with God is for my growth. And so there's, there's growth and discipleship in there. But prayer is not necessarily just so I can get what I want. Now, now it is, in part, there, there is uh, request. There's petition in prayer, and that's what we got to tease out some. But it's not just that. And if I go to prayer with the mentality that prayer is all about me telling God what he should do for me, which is a caricature, I know. But if it's all about me telling God what he should do for me, then I've already missed some of the heart of prayer, some of the aspect of prayer. That, that, that what prayer does in our lives. So then that brings us back to your question, Austin, of if God knows everything, why do we pray? And so some of it is, well, for relationship, from communication. Listen, um, I know everything, and yet my wife still talks to me. Wait, I hope she doesn't hear that podcast. <laughs> but it's so not true. But just, just presume for a second that I know everything. There's still value in communication with my wife for growth in relationship. Uh, and if anything, she's the one that knows it all. So uh, there you go. So th- that's just, just to get us going. The prayer is more than just request. And so there's more going on in the place of prayer than just petition. Hmm. So pu- push that around the table. Yeah, some of it, I think it really, I almost wish it would stop there right out of the gate because, you know, it should be enough of an answer, you know, why do we pray or we're commanded to. I think of almost every different class thing, you know, that we teach or do here, you know, baptism. Why should we do it? Well, Jesus said to do it. 
done. Like, you almost, you <laughs> almost question. Exactly. I mean, we can almost do that with every single thing. But some of that, man, we're people and getting to the heart and vision behind it. So some of it, yeah, I think, you said, okay, what's poking at the issue? You know, and I wish it was, okay, enough. Well, God says to pray. Let's go ahead and trust him. It's a good thing. Um, but, you know, kind of, you know, teasing back some of, okay, what is the heart of the issue? Wait a minute, if God knows everything, you know, am I telling him more? Or does it, is it, is it can't be just a lack of information that that's what prayer is all about. To your point, do we have a fuller kind of picture of prayer, you know, and or what, you know, okay, so we are just commanded, but to have a, a broader picture and what does it look like to come before a, you know, a sovereign God who knows everything and still pray, you know, kind of peeling back what's the, the heart of this issue, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Jared, I like that you just used the word sovereign there as we were getting ready for this podcast and you and I were talking about this, that there's more than just the knowledge of God or the omniscience, om omniscience, all-knowing, the omniscience of God, there's more than that going on. Because if it's just omniscience, I feel like the discussion's over. Um, Because, uh, okay, so if I'm out of work and I can't pay my bills and I go to God and I say, God, I can't pay my bills, can you help me here? I didn't increase the knowledge of God. God didn't go, oh my goodness, I didn't realize. I had no idea. Thanks for letting me know. Like God is totally, his knowledge is not in question. Really, nothing about God's in question, but but that's not the issue. Uh, but you are saying that that you feel like it's less an issue of the omniscience of God, more an issue of the question of if God is sovereign, why do we pray, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I just want to tease that out more. Yeah, and it, I mean, you think of even the passage like God knows that you're going to pray even before you say it. And so, in some ways, I, I'm grateful that the Bible is kind of acknowledging it. You know, have to deal with this issue. Yes, God is kind of omniscient, all knowing. But we still are praying. And to your point, yeah, it can't be that God lacks information. We have to give enough information that he moves. But yeah, what does that mean for God to be, okay, not just all-knowing, but to be sovereign? God's in control, but yet why do we still pray? You know, why do we do all these things? Asking be a part of it, but even a fuller picture. So. Yeah, and you referred there to Matthew Six and uh, I think it's probably elsewhere in the synoptics, but uh, I uh, I pulled that up in anticipation of this discussion. Let me just read it. Matthew chapter six, starting in verse seven, it says, "And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him." Pray then like this. And then Jesus goes on at that point to give what we call today the Lord's Prayer. Or you grew up calling it the Our, Our Father. Father. Yes. <laughs> Who art in heaven. There you go. And there's no singing on mic. <laughs> you can keep singing if you understand. Hallowed be thy name. Dang it, Austin. Thy another, kingdom come. It's another episode. Another episode. <laughs> So, so, I mean, Rick, you mentioned there even a passage. I mean, what, I mean, obviously, as people are listening to this, I mean, they're hearing you talk about. God's sovereign and we should pray. And I think all of us know we should pray more. I mean, we all need that and we're commanded to. But what are, is there any other encouragements from scripture that comes to mind that that should push us to pray in light of God's sovereignty or just commanding us to pray in general? Well, sure. There's, there's many. Uh, I mean, we, we were talking about uh, uh, earlier today, Luke at 18, uh, and that's the parable of the 
the widow and the unrighteous judge. Uh, you, Jerry, you were referring to Matthew 7 as where ask, seek, knock, right? Uh, you, you have not because you do not ask, right? Um, what other ones come to mind? Of it, just encouragements to pray. Yeah. It seems like there's a few throughout Scripture, right? <laughs> well, it's funny. We kind of even joke about the pray without ceasing one. You know, mm-hmm. It's always like one of those, it's a nice catch-all, you know. So, I mean, there is clearly that encouragement. And I, it's funny as we sit here today, like I just think, you know, Rick, what you're saying of just that relational peace. And, I, and even when we say Father, I just instantly run to the picture of my kids, right? You know, okay, it's not like I don't know that my kids need breakfast, you know, but we don't have just a cold, calculated, you know, it's relational. They come to me, they connect. And particularly, you know, one of my kids, you, if you know my family, you know which one it is, but our <laughs> probably the most common thing that we say throughout the day is, use your words, buddy, use your words, you know, and so some of that, you know, gives away the age, but we'll go in, you know, put down, and sometimes he'll just, <laughs> it's not my favorite thing, but he'll just grunt and point to his cup. Like, buddy, use your words, you know? Mm. And you think what it does for our, our relationship. He just grunts, and he wants more milk. I'm like, buddy, that's not how we act. Like, it's this isn't just mechanical. I know your needs, and I meet them. Like, we have connection. And I think sometimes, like, with us and God, we're just doing that, you know? we Of course God knows what we need, but he doesn't want to just demand and grunt. And he, it's not just mechanical meeting that. It's coming before our Father, and he wants to hear us. And how many times with our kids is it that way, you know? Like, man, it's not that I don't care about my kids and, and that they need to ask or I'm not going to give it. But I want that connection. I want them to come to me and ask. And I'm happy to give it. And I'm not threatening to withhold it if they don't ask. But I don't know. It just, as we think of that relational peace between us and our Heavenly Father, I just, it always helps me to think of my own kids to help me wrap my head around it and that relational peace. And, you know, it's a great, great analogy to go to in our own relationships with our kids, right? Um, that, of course, as a dad, I don't want my kids coming to me only to ask stuff. Like, I want to build relations. Like, I want them to come and share life with me and ask me about, you know, like, and so we're building this full relationship. At the same time as a dad, like, I'm never ticked when my kids come and ask me. And so I don't want to get into a posture in prayer where somehow, no, I'm only supposed to build relationship with God. I'm not supposed to ask him for things. Because we agree, that's not mm-hmm. biblical. Like that, no, you're supposed to ask him. And I think he, as a good daddy, just like me, doesn't mind when his kids ask him for things. But I also don't like when my kids pester me. You know, and, and when, when I've asked that and answered, and, and yet there is some, uh, uh, and we, we pushed this around in discussion previously, some indication of persistence in prayer and and that becomes a tricky nuanced thing like at what point does persistence in prayer leave submission in prayer behind and what i'm setting up there is uh well one passage austin that you asked about it would be jesus in the garden of gethsemane where he said not your will but my will be done so he went to his daddy and he said dad this is exactly what i want but i submit to you because he kind of knew the answer that was coming, you know, and so there was submission. And at what point does uh, do I push and push and push, and I'm entering into a posture that I'm trying to convince God of what is good and right because I know better than He does? Ooh, that's not good. 
And yet, does that, if I overplay that, then I'm in the posture that I can mention things once and no more because otherwise I'm not submitted. And that's a tricky, nuanced thing. And I think part of the trick being, you know, how do you put a number on it? You know, as we talked of, so you take Paul's example of that, you know, he prayed three times. So is that it? You know, pray for your kids three times, no more. You pray for your kid a fourth time. I think part of the trick is, at least for me, some of it's just, it's a posture of the heart and that's hard to judge. You know, so as I bring this request, you know, I mean, one of the easiest ways to think about it for me, at least, is just open-handed, close-handed. Mm-hmm. So is my posture coming before God, God, you know, this is what I think. This is what I think it's for you. My heart's in the right place. But really, if you, I'm open-handed. If you don't do it, I'm totally cool. And I know, at least for me, that's when part of the ones when it's crossing the line. When I'm close-fisted and I'm demanding, God, you have to do this. Now, there's no way I could, you know, argue with that, that I, you know, am being... I mean, now it's not persistence. It's just me demanding from God. And so I think it's just whenever that posture's there that I'm close-fisted, I get, you know, and it's that posture for me that that's when I know I'm crossing the line. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that's legit to, to not put a number on. Of course, Paul did. I asked for the Lord three times. Now that's descriptive, not prescriptive, we would agree. So he's not saying the, the magic number's three. You can pray for things three times. If you pray a fourth time, you're in disobedience because you're not submitted. N- nobody's saying that. Sure. Uh, it, it is instructive that Paul did say, I prayed to the Lord three times. And so therefore, my intention is to continue in prayer the fourth, fifth, and umpteenth time to convince God to take this thorn from my flesh. He didn't say that. He said, I prayed three times, uh, and, and he, he received from the Lord a message in that, that my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is perfected in weakness, which seems that the Lord was saying, no, I'm not going to give you what you're asking. And what I'm doing is growing you through that process and bringing you to a point where you are submitted to me, your father. But at the same time, Jared, I'd absolutely agree with you. I, I'd stop way short of saying, therefore, the magic number is three. No, there, there can be persistence. And I, I think you asked earlier today, like, don't we all pray for our family members every day? Well, then in that case, yeah, we are persisting in prayer over and over. But to your point, Jared, I want to do that with open hands every time I pray. That, God, you might not answer this in the way I want, and I'm okay, because I think you're smarter than me. Just a little bit. You know, just a little bit. I mean, I pray for my family most days, unless my wife's listening, then I swear I pray every single day for her. But pray without ceasing. I keep going back to just my relationship with my kids, too. A huge part of that. One, I think you bring up, you know, you know I want to make sure it's explicitly said when God gives an answer. So that's another one, because there is clearly a wait on the Lord, wait on the Lord. So that is a time frame, and you probably will pray multiple times in there. But in Paul's case, and this gets tricky and maybe for another podcast episode, but when God gives an answer, then you stop. You know, almost mm. think of like David with his kid. We prayed and prayed and prayed, you know, but the kid died. And then he turned it around in the snap. Why? Because God answered. And, and that gets... legit point with my example with Paul. Yeah, he got, he got an, an answer. answer. Fair and enough. so that's when you mm-hmm. stop. If God, you know, and, and when is God's answer? And when does God close, you know, opens the door and closes the window? I, I get it. Whatever. We can. It's yeah, I know. <laughs> it's reversed. <laughs> I said it with a mocking tone. So fair I enough. Fair enough. But, you know, yeah, so I think when God answers. But a huge part of this has to be simply, you know, I think for me, remembering, you know, who we're talking to in our seats. So back to our kids. So part of that being, the reason I hate that example is, 
in that situation, I'm the sovereign one, and I always feel sure. weird <laughs> making myself the God figure in that. But if I compare myself to my kids, you know, something that, you know, as we're, so we're all parents as we sit here, you want them to know, like, you know, kids, I know better. You're a dumb two-year-old, you know, yeah. like, but how, you know, and the difference between me and my kids and the difference between God and me is infinitely greater. The yep. difference between me and God being all-knowing. Do I know more than my kids? I hope so. You may disagree. You might have a, you know, a rebuttal to that, but you get the point. Mm-hmm. As my kids, you want to say, buddy, I know better. Trust me. Like, kids can't eat Skittles for, you know, every meal. And I have to go before I come before God. Wait a minute. And I think you said this, like... Does God know more than me? And at some point, I have to be humble in the way I pray. I just don't know fully what I need. Yeah. You know, one, one of the things that, that I've said, I think, to our congregation several times is that we're called to pray in faith. And, and that gets thrown in people's face a lot. So, like, when you're praying for something persistently over and over uh, and God's not answering you, it's because you didn't pray with enough faith. And so it puts a lot of guilt and a lot of shame on people. That uh, so so you, uh, your spouse has cancer and you're asking God to heal and he's and he's not doing it. So you didn't pray in faith. And I I don't think that's what it means. I think to pray in faith means two things. It means one that uh, you are praying submitted. So I'm praying in faith that God is bigger than me, smarter than me. He is the sovereign one. He's wise and and whatever he says goes. And then secondly, I usually do this in the opposite order. Uh, the second one is that I am praying in faith that he's actually able. So let me, let me go with that one first. Let me get the order right. So the, the first thing is that I'm praying, God, you are able. I am praying and I believe that you can actually heal cancer. I believe whatever I'm asking you for, you actually can do. I believe in you. That's faith. But the other aspect of faith is to pray, God, you are God and I am not. And the place of prayer is not where I come in and boss you around and tell you what to do as if you are called to obey me. But the place of prayer is where I am changed often, that I don't change, that I am changed in that place. And so it's a place of submission to God. And so I think that's what it means to pray in faith, both that God is able, but also that he is God and I am not. And there, when I pray in faith like that, I think that's a powerful thing. Yeah, and I think you bring up one of the big points of one of the fears being in prayer is that name it and claim it. And how many people that are probably listening to this have been harmed by that? Right. You didn't pray right. You didn't pray with enough faith. And now my kid has cancer or my dad didn't live because I didn't pray right. If it's you terrible. are hearing this, you know, time out as much. You can. And some of that, and that's one of my favorite things, you know, we talk about Jesus in the garden. So... If, you know, so the camp that says, if you play pray in perfect faith, you will have it. And you have to wrestle with some passages that kind of seem to say that. What do those mean, right? You know, if you pray. But you look at Jesus in praying, let this cup pass for me. You either have to say he didn't pray in perfect faith, which none of us would be comfortable with. <laughs> and- or, yeah, exactly. Or you have to say, okay, sometimes, you know, God doesn't just do exactly what we want him to do. And you go through tons of opportunities in Scripture. Paul saw miraculous healings. What does he tell Timothy? Hey, drink some wine. He encourages medicine to get sick, not just, you know, hey, pray with enough faith or you'll stop being sick. So there are clearly, you know, God moves and answers prayer, and there's clearly times where he doesn't. And so you have to, and doesn't being do the thing that I want him to do. So, I mean, you have to have a, a broader picture of prayer than just name it and claim it. Mm-hmm. 
Hmm. Absolutely. In fact, one of the ironies about the timing of this, Austin, I know this podcast, I don't know, you're really driving the bus on this. When this comes out, this is probably in the summer sometime. It's down the road. But during the re- summer 2027. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so so when, uh, when we're recording this, though, the passage that I preach on this Sunday is Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. Yeah. And one of the interesting things that, I, that came out during my research is that our, our salvation, the very gospel itself, is predicated upon unanswered prayer. Think about that. That, that Jesus prayed, Father, if this cup could pass from me. And he did not get that prayer answered. Unless you go with it, well, God answers every prayer. Sometimes he says yes, sometimes no, sometimes wait. Okay. It's a clever so, saying. <laughs> exactly. And so in that sense, yes, he answered, but he got no. So in a denial of request, that our salvation is predicated on the fact that in that moment, God said no. The Father said no. And, uh, and the Son uh, shared his heart and then submitted. Not my will, but your will be done. I think it was a very, very important moment for the second Adam, Jesus himself, to live out perfect manhood in prayer. Not masculinity, perfect humanity in the place of prayer. Man, the fact that you're preaching on this week that we're talking about, it's almost like God is sovereign. Yeah. You know, it's almost like, wow. And the good news is I can guarantee you this will not be out before Sunday, so there's no spoilers. So exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well. So if you guys have any good yeah. illustrations yeah. or thoughts, now I'd take them. I'd take them. Yeah. Well, I think one of the questions I would love to kind of get you guys to bat around now, I mean, I think you've done a great job, both of you, answering that question. I mean, yes. Austin, you've done a great job too, buddy. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> but, I mean, we, yeah, God is sovereign. That motivates us, you know, to pray that we go to him in submission. I mean, that is, I think, where we're all landing. But I want to make sure the people listening to this, they could come out of this saying, okay, cool, God's sovereign. That should motivate, motivate me to pray and submission and trust in him. But prayer's hard, and prayer is something that I'm not good at. Like, what practical things would you guys do to push people listening to to pray in light of these truths we talk about, to, to grow in their prayer lives? Yeah. So, if I may, before we touch on some of those practicals, because yep. oh. I want to make sure we tease out one thing, because uh, in... in Pastor Jared, I want to be fair to you because we, we've had some some slightly different angle that we've approached some of these passages over the years, and uh, and there is a dynamic tension on the table. And one is that we're supposed to be persistent, and yet we're supposed to be submitted. And one of the things that I want our congregation to to avoid is any appearance of witchcraft. And I, I know that's sensational to say it that way, but but sometimes I feel like some aspects of prayer in the body of Christ get that way. That if I pray often enough, the idea is God will have to answer me. And anytime I put God on the hook because I do enough things enough times that he has to do what I say, that's witchcraft. Or we get into if I get enough people praying. Now, granted, wherever two or three are gathered in my name, and we're supposed to share requests and bear each other's burdens. Absolutely share with the people you know, fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. They bear your burdens in prayer and lift you up. Absolutely. But if I can get enough churches around the community to put it on their prayer chains, it goes out. And now I've got enough people that we basically outvote God. We override his veto. So far, he said no, but I'm going to get enough of a, a, a supermajority praying about this that now God has to relent and sign off. That's witchcraft. 
And so I, I want to avoid that. But then if I, if I avoid, uh, what, I, what I can do is divert to the other aspect uh, it, where prayer uh, really has no purpose in, in our requests before God and doesn't move God at all. And I know that's been on your heart, right? Sure. Speak yeah. to that. Well, yeah. Like, <laughs> I said this last time, i say it again, but my wonderful gray brain, it's just so easy to just move back and forth. I just always think on a scale— and man, there, there's movement back and forth, but then what are the two bookends? For sure, you mentioned the one caution of somehow prayer is to bully God. Like that's our stick to beat out of God, you know, what he's not wanting to give us. That's just silliness. And I'd fully affirm that. Like, you know, man, it can't be that, that somehow right, I just prayed it right and then made God do something he wouldn't do. It's silly. Now, to me, then the other end is, we, I can talk about prayer in a way that it just doesn't matter. Prayer doesn't really have an impact. It doesn't, you know, you know, it's just, you know, whatever, fill in the blank. But I don't want to get the point, man, prayer does matter. And God moves through prayer. And, you know, you, you see that, in, you know, whether people's lives or even in Scripture. And it, it's funny, even theologically, like, I think we get there, right? If any of us, our kids got sick tomorrow, I bet you we pray. That's <laughs> God sure. to move, mm-hmm. you know, and... And man, I'm not smart enough to figure out how a God who's sovereign and foreordained and stuff still happens to figure all that out. But, you know, I want to pray and pray with faith that God hears my prayers and moves because of prayers. And so there's this dynamic tension there that that our our prayers do matter. God hears them. You do not have because you do not ask. ask, You know, and and so absolutely that's on the table. And then I I want to avoid, though, this... um, idea that I am forcing God's hand through prayer. I am controlling God through prayer. Or or even to ignore the other dimension of prayer that um, we use that PRAY acronym at times, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's So praise, repent, ask, and yield, right? And so three of those are relation. I'm praising God, I'm repenting of my sin, I'm yielding, P, R, and Y are all relational, and it's all about changing me. It's only the ask, the A, is only one-fourth of it. Now, it's a made-up acronym, so sure, it's, not yeah. real, it's not real math, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's made-up statistics. But you get the idea. There's only one smaller aspect in prayer that is actually asking God in this dimension. A lot of it is, uh, and so I've said before, that prayer doesn't change God. It changes us. And not to say it doesn't move God, and God because there is our you do not have because you do not ask. Yes, it moves it. But as far as when I go to prayer, I want my overall submitted heart to be saying, I'm going to God right now, and I'm going to be speaking with the God of the universe, and my expectation is that I come out changed. Not that God comes out changed. That that's my expectation. I come out changed. Now I'm going to share with my daddy my requests and, and what's on my heart. Absolutely. You know, so there is that tension. Any other thoughts there? No, I mean, you mentioned that practical tip. We've thrown it around, so I even want to just say that explicitly. So when you're praying, write that down, P-R-A-Y. You know, so if you're, particularly if you're a journaler, but even just bookmark it in your head. You know, I mean, I, a lot of men that I respect, they'll just, that is their practice. So when you don't, don't know what to pray, instead of running straight to the A, you know, of asking all the stuff you want, Spend time in each of those categories. And when you sit down with God, praise God for who he is. Praise God for what he's done. Repent of sin. Ask. Spend time just yielding and putting your heart in submission to him. So for practical tips, Mm -hmm. walk through that acronym as you pray, P-R-A-Y, just to force yourself to that broader picture of what prayer's for. 
And I love where you're taking us there, Jared, because now we're getting back to your question, Austin, where you were saying, hey, what practical things? So using that, another one I'll kick in there is we have resources on our website that talk about how to meet with God, how to get into the Word, and how to pray. And one of them, there's, I think it was, I made it into a PDF at one point. Maybe it's on our website as a PDF. But anyway, it says meeting with God, and it gives kind of a, an outline to go through in prayer. It's not the P-R-A-Y, which is a good one as well. I have that on all my devices. I use that almost daily. And, and so, so I, I don't feel like I've graduated from that. I don't think you do. I think it is good to walk through some very practical things like that so that I don't miss out on the, the grandeur of prayer and all that it's supposed to be and get stuck in some rut. So I, I think I just partly I just want to admit that, yeah, I, I feel like a babe in prayer, and I need very basic steps to walk through every day. I think as well you can um, pray through Scripture. I know we've Good. talked about that before. I know that's something that's been helping me as, as I, you know, I'm a personality that I can read the Scriptures. That comes a little easier, but then the prayer side of my time with God is, is more of a struggle. And what's helped me is just understanding that of reading the Word and using the Word is almost the guide for my prayer. And that you're never going to end, you know, run out of things to pray for because the scriptures are exhaustive. I mean, it's all the stuff right there. And so, and there's cool. It's just cool to see God work through what I'm reading and then praying through it. And so allowing the scripture, especially the book of Psalms, I mean, using that as a guide to pray, to put, give you some words um, to help with your prayers. I know that helps a lot of people, myself included. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how this podcast is getting edited out, but if we could edit out your piece, because that's exactly what I was going to say. So it's, Sorry, man. I want to make it. It's but, so good you can say it again. <laughs> you realize he's in charge of the podcast, so like your piece, though. whatever yeah. you're about to say is going to get edited out. But please, that episode go ahead. came out. I thought I was in that episode. <laughs> no, no, you didn't say it. But yeah, so I, I really will just affirm that. I think that is huge. You know, and even, and I think you use these in concert, because sometimes we get this, do these 15 ideas and paralysis by analysis. I think they, they both work in concert. So as you work through pray, what am I praising God for? What you just read in the scriptures. You even mentioned, you know, two-way communication. You said it quickly early, but there's the word in prayer. So I'd encourage, as you spend time with God, that both of those are a part of that. And starting with the word, I, I think that's huge. And then that feeds that. And even, I love the interaction as we go back to the communication Pick whatever time. You have an hour, half hour with God. Who? What conversation, when you sit down with somebody half hour, they talk for a full 15 minutes, you talk for a full 15 minutes? That's not relational, you know? Right. I mean, and granted, we, I fall into that over and over, but I like that idea of, man, bringing the word and prayer together. So as you pray, you're interacting with the word, praise. Well, what did the scripture just tell you about God? Repent. What did it? Is there a command? Repent how you fail that command. So, Which means uh, you talk to God right in that moment yeah. and then go read the next verse. Mm. Yeah. And, that, and that's a great point. Like even on this podcast, what I'm enjoying about it is we're dialoguing right now. And how weird would it be if we did a 30-minute podcast? Austin, you talk for the first 10. We don't say a word, Jared. I speak for the next 10 and you speak for the last 10 and we're done. And you, we don't do that. We, we're interacting. That's, that's a great point. That's how conversations go. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the real problem is, for me, that last 10 sounded awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I make that joke. I'm making fun of myself. Here we are sitting with God, the creator of the universe, for an hour. And I spit at him for 50 minutes. You know, like, again, the time frame, I'm not even trying to say how long. I get to sit with God. 
You know, anybody, pick your famous person, somebody you, you adore. You know, you sit down with your idol. Are you going to talk at them the whole time and then maybe give them a snip? Something's wrong. When You know, back to that submission piece, whether it be request or just posture. If I'm sitting down with God and I'm not spending time listening and I'm just talking at him, something's wrong. Yeah, it's a, it's a good question to tease that out. Like, do you think it's more important than you speak to God or that he speaks to you? I think it's much more important that God speaks to me. One, because he's omniscient, so he's all-knowing. So he already knows all the stuff in my life anyway. I think it's still important we go to prayer. But he knows that it's much more important that I hear from God and get shaped by him. And that's a lot of, of prayer is dialogue. And, and that's, again, because it's not a religion, it's a relationship. And all relationships are based on communication. For communication to be healthy, it has to be two-way. You have to hear and speak. And you're a great point, Jared, that it ought to be intermixed. And I love that. That's good. And I know one thing that I love even as we're kind of batting this around is that fuller picture, even, you know, getting in the word. Also, I know this is something you struggle with just personality-wise of, and, and I say that so many people just check in the box. Right. You're not just reading a chapter. Like, the God of the universe is speaking to you. You know, I mean, how many people I think are moved in our church right now because they're getting that idea of relational peace. You know, I remember hearing that the Bible, it's just like God's love letter to you and it's living and active. And so, man, as you pray, but even the word, you're not not reading a book. You're not reading a chapter. God is speaking to you and he asks you to speak to him. And hopefully that's, you know, in in good uh, right amounts. But man, just it's a relationship. And so if we, if we approach it in that way from the, the get-go, right from out of the gates, that we are going to connect and meet with our God, which then that informs my prayer. I'm not just going to God to tell him what I want, but I'm going with him to connect and build relationship. As part of that, I'm going to tell him what's on my heart and what I want. And that's huge. And Austin, to give you another answer to your question, uh, just to share from my own life, one of the things that's been huge for me in prayer is to pray out loud. I, I don't do as well praying just kind of in my inner thoughts. And I learned this when I was a college student. I read a book by R.A. Torrey called How to Pray. Old little book, but it was so life-shaping. And I started back then, I'd leave my dorm. I was one of the few Christians on campus. I'd leave my dorm, and I'd just go for this long walk off campus. And I got on streets where nobody, there weren't a lot of houses, so I could just People didn't think I was crazy because I'm walking down the street <laughs> yeah, talking. Two houses there yeah. thought you were crazy, but <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But but back in that day, I mean, this day you'd assume somebody's on their phone yeah. or they're on their they get their AirPods in or yeah, something yeah. like that. Back then, no way. You see somebody walking down the road talking, you call the cops, right? And so, but I just learned to walk and talk out loud and and share my thoughts with God. It was so life shaping for me. I'd really recommend that to anyone struggling to pray because you don't have conversations with people in the thoughts in your mind you speak them and to draw upon that to have your conversation with god i think is huge and so i think it's just very practical I, almost the same thing i mean pretty early on probably back at kent is, is just journaling you know so if, mm-hmm. if they're talking out loud i mean i was a big journaler and i found that like man if i can kind of keep my pen moving and it, this ain't no theological point it is just my ADHD, you know, mm-hmm. like, I mean, we've all been there, right? You're praying, you know, and like, God, please, you know, move in this service. And did I turn off the oven? I don't know that I did. The oven, should, you know, like, I mean, how often we just rabbit trail. I mean, so just to keep my heart and mind focused on God, that's, I don't journal. I throw them away. I don't even read them. You know, mm-hmm. like I, I just journal 
you know, some of what you're saying just on a very practical level to force myself to, to focus on God and not, you know, nod off or get distracted. And then let me marry our two thoughts together then. Uh, I don't I don't journal because I, I don't like pen and paper. I don't like handwriting. Uh, so I've n- it's never worked for me. But I will go have my quiet time at Starbucks sometimes. Wait a minute, how's that work? I can't speak out loud in Starbucks. That's weird. You should try it, though. Yeah, people are going to more and more. Yeah. The work in redemption? On speakerphone drives me nuts. But, but okay, so, so what I do is I, I don't journal. What do I do? I get out my laptop. Turns out you can journal on screen. Like, and so I type, and I'm doing the exact same thing you mentioned, Jared. I'm typing out my prayer to God, and usually at the end of it, I delete it. Mm-hmm. Same thing, though. A way to process it verbally. <laughs> and you mentioned that this is a practical level. Part of why you delete it and I erase it is a huge tip is being honest in prayer. Like when I come before God, it is not, you know, like I don't sugarcoat it. I'm honest. Good, so part good. of my throwing away prayers is a fear that someone will read them like this yep. dude is jacked up. So I pray honest. You know, part of that is bold, but it's just honest with my sin. And so part of it is a. I just don't want anybody to find my journals and think I'm... We will not leak those on this podcast. <laughs> I, I pray you don't. You know. Yeah. Well, and I think, guys, I mean, I, I love all the practical stuff you're sharing um, really does come back. It's a relationship. I mean, we do these practical things because we want to grow in our relationship with God. And the question at the beginning was, if God knows everything, why do we pray? Because he is our father and there's a relationship there and we want to pray and we get to pray. So if anything, we hope that listening to this helps you understand just and reminds you the greatness of our God, but the fact that we get to pray, that we have this relationship with him. And hopefully you picked up some tips along the way to pray even better in your life. So that's our hope. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you guys for sharing your thoughts. And we'll see you on the next episode of Redemption Unscripted. Thanks for listening. And if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with others. To catch the latest episode, be sure to subscribe and follow us. For more resources like this, visit our website at www.redemptionchapel.com grow. We hope you join us next time on Redemption Unscripted.